Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Job chapters 34, 35, and 36. Um, so this is continuing with this incredibly mysterious character named Elihu. I imagine he was a yodeler, just based off of his name, Yodelihu. Um, <laughs> I can't take the credit for that one. It came from a friend of mine, but I think it's pretty solid, especially with as mysterious of a character as Elihu is. Um, Elihu has the longest uninterrupted speech in the book of Job. And... He's a young man. He's he's patiently waited his turn as everyone else has spoken. Um, that shows his wisdom. While, it may not, while, while his wisdom may not have been blameless, it shows his wisdom that he was patient. And he didn't speak brashly or out of emotion or out of jealousy or out of anger as um, some of the other friends did. He's taken time to observe and sit back and consider. And um, it's, that's probably one of the reasons for why that he is not rebuked by God at the end of this story. We have to keep that on the forefront of our minds when we read Elihu's long speech. Not that it's all justified, not that it's all prophetic, but at the end of it, that God stands up and he, and he is going to speak directly against the three that spoke prior to Elihu, but he's not going to condemn or to condone Elihu. Now, Elihu is truly one of the most mysterious characters in the Bible. And if you go about your own research on Elihu, you will find very different opinions. Some saying he's essentially just the fourth of the wicked friends. Um, some will some will say that he every word he spoke was truth, and uh, that he was basically like almost a John the Baptist character that came to prepare the way uh, right before God broke his silence and, and spoke. And it, he was sent there to really prepare Job's heart for the Lord to minister to him. And you know what? You're going to have to use your own discernment as you read this passage for yourself because it's tough because some of the things that he says are um, appropriate and um, some of them, he's quoting so much of what Job has said and quoting so much of what the other friends have said. But I would like to point out that he is speaking in a different time. I don't know the time. It's not really given here. 
but we do know that he has waited for a more appropriate time to speak. We talked about that a, a few sessions ago, that sometimes it's not really about what you say, it's about when you say it and how you say it. A couple of things to note about Elihu is that he has waited for a more appropriate time to speak. Okay, that is 100% true because um, Job has had a, at least a little bit more time to grieve. And uh, I think that his words may have even been of, of some comfort to Job just because of the way that he is not as argumentative and condemning towards Job. I said as, <laughs> not as condemning and argumentative as the, the three other friends have been. And so, um, that's a couple of things to notice about him that would justify him. Um, some of the things that he says are um, pretty insightful. Uh, one of the things that he makes a case for is that while God may have felt silent, that he has not been silent, but that he has been speaking uh, in everything and in every circumstance and in every situation. And that's true, is that we know that that God is never silent. If Even if he is not speaking in the way that we would expect him to or through through the ways that we are accustomed to him speaking, he is still ministering to us. Um, if we would look around this world and we would... Uh, look at ourselves in the mirror and we would, you know, do all of these things that we would understand that God is trying to minister something to us through our circumstance, through our situation. So that's one thing that he says. And, um, you know, he, he also is, he, he, um, he extols God's greatness. He talks about, um, how great the Lord is and he condemns Job, but he actually doesn't condemn Job by way of all the things that he assumed that Job had done. That's a big difference between Elihu and the other friends. Is He doesn't assume that Job was a wicked, horrible person that caused all of this to happen to him. The only thing that Elihu condemns Job of was that everything that he had said after going through the suffering. Okay? So basically, Elihu comes out and says, the things that you're saying about God are not true. You know? And um, so he, he kind of sticks up in his own way for, um, for what he believes is God's character. And he, you know, doesn't feel as though Job is accurately depicting it. Now, I do want to say, though, when people are hurting, they need grace. Um, you know, we know that it's an absolute truth from the Word of God that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, that is, of course, a passage to show us and, and hopefully encourage us to sow the Word of God in our heart and to let the Lord cleanse our heart and uh, surrender our heart to Jesus. Let Him come be Lord of our heart. Let His Spirit fill us and minister to our hearts. And then the words that will then flow from our lips will be genuine, pure, insightful, encouraging words. But living in this fallen world, 
there will be things that hurt your heart, anger your heart, um, upset your heart, uh, cause your heart at times to worry. And it's in those moments that you must speak and your words may not be pure and refined. And so when you are talking with someone and they're hurting, give them some grace for what comes out of their mouth. Because of some of the things that Job was saying, and you know, he's just, I've said these kind of things too. Just in, in a place of hurting of just like, well, what, may, what difference does it make if we do good or if we do bad? Because it all ends up the same, you know, and it's just this, it's out of this place of like, why do I even try? Why do I even bother? I'm so sick of this. I'm so exhausted. And, you know, you know he's not cursing God and he's, he's just being honest. You know, this sounds a lot like David in a lot of the Psalms where David is just like, you know what? I'm just waiting to die. <laughs> and that's what happens when we speak out of our, our out of our heart sometimes. And of course, wisdom would would lead us to, to know that um, even a fool is considered wise when he when he remains silent, meaning that when my heart is hurting, the more my heart is hurting, the less my mouth should speak. I need to be careful with my words when my heart is hurting and be silent. But also I want to make sure that I let God heal my heart so that when I do open up my mouth, which inevitably I will, that what comes out is pure and refined and uh, fruitful. But I want to say that while Job may not have always accurately represented God's character in his suffering, I think that, and I think, I think that's Elihu's point is saying, you know, you didn't accurately represent God saying that, you know, that the wicked are um, rewarded the same as the godly and, you know, that our purpose on life is meaningless. You didn't, you didn't really represent God right in all that, Job. Um, while, while Elihu's reprimand may be accurate of Job in that way, um, I'd also like to say that um, sometimes hurting people just say things that aren't true. And we just need to give him a little grace and, you know, and give him a little time. And maybe he did. You know, we just don't know the timetable because it, it's so hard to demonize Elihu because he, it feels like he's just the icing on the cake. He just waited till everybody else got done and then he jumped up and pounded on Job some more. But maybe, maybe Elihu, just keeping in mind that he's not rebuked by God, maybe he did give enough time to where... Um, the ground settled a little bit and he steps up and, and, and maybe he does gently say you're not you're not accurate about what you're saying and you know what we have to do that to people you know they, they say well you know my life is pointless and meaningless and with everything that's happened I don't know how anything would ever turn around for good and I'm just sick and tired of this well somebody says that you should be able to feel in your spirit whether or not you should just go hard after them and you know that's not true, man. God works all things together for good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He's not done with you yet. If he starts it, he's going to be faithful to finish it. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's not the right thing to do. Sometimes the right thing to do is a, just a slight smirk on your face, a, of, of a, a, just a small grin to comfort them and a warm hug, you know, and then you wait a little bit. And then maybe you let the spirit lead you. And when the dust has settled a little bit, you say, you know what? I know you're hurting right now. And I know that it looks like this is a mess, and it is. Um, but I still think that you should believe that, that God is good. 
I know it doesn't look like God's good, but I still think you should believe that God is good and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. You know, I think you should. I think you should still believe that He rewards the righteous. I don't think that there's any that it, that it. You know, and I, so I, I'm hopefully not stretching Elihu too much. I'm not trying to put him in the Hall of Faith. He's not mentioned in Hebrews chapter eleven. He. It's not actually mentioned anywhere in the Bible again after this. So I don't want to build them up too much. But I don't want to tear them down too much either. Um, because he, he does speak of it at a separate time and with a little bit separate of, of a demeanor about him than the other friends. But maybe that's the way that he approaches it. I believe that's certainly a wise way to approach someone who we know is righteous but is hurting and maybe speaking out some things that are not necessarily uh true and so you know he speaks these you know five uninterrupted chapters and we're gonna the next time we're together we're gonna be uh reading um his last little speech and you know the last uh two chapters of him he's just talking about how mighty god is and um you know and it's true the things that he's saying and uh you know, he, he's just lifting up God and exalting God. And so, um, you know, th- that's that's different from his friends, too. Uh, he is really just, um, you know, declaring the Lord's greatness and the Lord's power and the Lord's majesty and uh, for a couple of chapters. And, and then uh, afterwards, we're going to finally start to resolve this story a little bit. We're going to get into that. Uh, next time uh, because the Lord is going to speak up and begin to talk to Job and begin to um, just resolve this complicated situation but I want to I want to leave us today just just reminding us that we or someone we know for the rest of our days will be enduring something some sort of suffering it may not be anywhere near in comparison to Job, but it'll be some form or shape of suffering. And we must remember to exalt God in the suffering and through the suffering and to be patient and gentle in dealing with those who are currently in the fight. Letting our words be refined and pure and from the Lord as we are ministering to them gently in their broken state. Uh, someone laying on a hospital bed you know, in, in, in a lot of pain and hurting. Um, you don't barge in there and go, well, what'd you go do now? Right? We want to we attend to them in their wounds and their afflictions and minister to them as gently, but with as much truth as we possibly can. And we want to remember also not to speak boastfully or, or brashly when we ourselves are in our own hurting and our own pain but to remember to be silent uh, in the state of confusion and wait to speak until we have uh, a greater sense of clarity.